part of our podcast is the discomfort of sitting through whatever position we've decided to record in. <laughs> Mistakes are made every week. <laughs> I hope our listeners are not as uncomfortable listening to us as we are recording this. Yeah. Do people have... I'm sure that this is the stupidest question in history. Do people have good setups with podcasting? Do people, <gasps> like, have... Like, I have seen yeah. podcasters sit on, like, their couches or, like, in huge, big, plush, comfy chairs with, like, a mic right next to their face. I don't know how to do that and not end up with just the absolute most garbage quality of yeah. a recording. Did I send you that on onion friendship gosh what's it called it's a podcast by the actors who played pippin and mary in <gasps> the original lord of the rings oh my favorite yeah it's so <laughs> I good haven't, i haven't heard it they have a podcast together they have a podcast together and it's lovely i think it's dominic monahan and i can't think of mary's name nope I can't think of Pippin's name. That is Mary Dominic. Ma I believe Dominic Monaghan, the actor, plays Mary. Wow. Mary Duck. This uh, is oh, this is gonna get some deep. Some quality nerd shit here at the top. <laughs> I figured we were already in the chat zone. The yeah. uh, okay, cool. We're cool, deep cool. in the chat zone, which is why I wanted to bring that up because they have a very good podcast very good chat zone and they from what i've seen i've only watched one of their episodes and i haven't listened to any but they sit on yeah two big leather chairs just in a studio that looks like a morning talk show set up and i'm like how how do your microphones not just pick up the echo in the room. Yeah, the other person. Because every time we've ever recorded in the same space, we have to use one mic because I literally don't know how two mics works. No idea. It's insane to me. Um, but yeah, I also was going to ask if you've seen... I don't know how much um actually you watch on Dropout. I do watch um actually. I haven't seen... A whole bunch, but I think I've seen the whole first season of Um Actually. It's a little confusing because I thought I was watching them in order, but then as I was watching them, they do uh they do a portion where they correct themselves last week, and I always then see the episode that they had just corrected in the previous episode. So I might be watching them backwards, is what oh. I'm trying to say. I think that I maybe explained that in the most confusing way possible. But anyway. But I um, know actually. what you mean, because I watched the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. I saw an episode recently. Jason and I also love that show. And we watched the McElroys were on. Um, actually, <gasps> the McElroys that you one. love. Yeah. And yeah. They, were each, they were each remote, so they were in their own setup. And... The dad, Clint McElroy, was just kind of in a bedroom, kind of like we always record, just in the most random of spaces. Yeah. But then the two brothers, Justin and Travis, were in, like, beautiful little recording studios. I want to say Justin was the one who looked like he was in a closet that was fully lined with sound-suppressing material. And he's just right in front of his mic. It is the most glorious sound quality you've ever heard. And I was like, oh, is that how people do it? Is that the magic? Oh. Is that the key? You have to have a recording closet, that, a designer recording closet a designed for recording. recording okay, that's why we are still terrible, because we don't have that. There's no way we could have that. I don't even have no. a single closet in my house. There was a solid period of time when I recorded on the floor of my boyfriend's bedroom before it became before I moved in and it became our bedroom and I would sit on the floor near the dog beds and the dog hair. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> I'm on the floor now 
behind my desk, mine and my husband's shared desk, because I usually sit at the desk, but then it picks up too much of the train noises since we live right next to the train tracks. So now I'm behind the desk, which I have (laughs) set up with a pillow fort to try and suppress the train noise. It is hurting my back. It's been four minutes and it's hurting my back. My knees always get real bad when I sit on the floor because I cannot control myself. And I immediately sit like a goblin with my knees like hunched underneath me. And then I'm afraid to move the whole time because I don't want it to get caught up in the mic. And uh, yeah, floor recordings are tough. I I feel for you there. Uh, there was the era where I would record uh, in my parents' cavernous basement, just a whole <laughs> bunch of open space around there, and concrete walls, unfinished concrete walls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a good time. Lots of o- lots of audio, something <laughs> quality, not so much quantity. Yeah, yeah. So much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're sort of getting better. We just are not professional yet. Mm -mm. I think that what you get from building a podcasting empire like the McElroys have is a a designer audio closet. That's fair. Uh, So after we've built an empire, I think we're allowed to have a closet with audio quality and stuff. But for right now, you get the sound of my computer fan going through the entire episode. (laughs) Oh, sorry, guys. Um, No pressure. But if you do want to help build our empire, I guess go to Patreon. We're we're on there. Um, And we'll try and look for advertisers, I guess. I don't know how to build a podcast empire. That's why we've never done it before. There have been a couple of times where we talked real big about how we were going to build one, and then it didn't happen. And if anyone was curious what happened to all of those times, like each of those times we were like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to make this our jobs. What happened is we have no clue what we're doing. We are children in a dark room, blindly (laughs) stumbling looking for something at this point i think it used to be a light switch (laughs) but i mean you don't know how accurate the dark room analogy is until you've watched our recordings where usually raquel forgets to turn on the light in her bedroom (laughs) and the sun slowly sets over the course of our two-hour talk (laughs) and it just gets darker and darker yeah Oh, and then it's just nighttime in my room, in my office room, and uh, I am just a a dark shape that Emily can somewhat make out because she remembers where I was on the screen <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, so that's our podcast. Sorry if it's still a nightmare, but we've been doing this for five years, and we just have no direction. This is it. <laughs> This is the new direction, is just adding more talk. Oops. Good. Good thing nobody wanted? Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. Um, can I say, just before we start, I probably, no shade, would advocate dropping this show if we weren't so committed, if we weren't watching it for the podcast. If we weren't already in it. I, yeah, I feel that, and we can get into the reasons why. Once we uh, start actually fully talking about the show, uh, but I I also would probably advocate for it because it's not even that it's not entertaining, right? It's that there are some parts of it that just are so frustrating and upsetting that just feel like history repeating itself over <laughs> and over again that I just either let the characters grow or don't show me the show because I'm <laughs> sick of their shit. I, for me, I think it's just a little bit too cookie cutter drama, where a lot mm-hmm. of dramas from the like 2014 through 2017 era just hit the same marks and they keep hitting them over and over again. There's never a break, there's never a rest, there's no respite. It is only. 
high-intensity drama, and that's super fun when you're into it. But I'm just tired right now, and also I found out there's a new Ji Chung Wook drama that I'm like... Ah, <laughs> yes, I saw that too when I was trying to get into Vicky to watch the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're just gonna drop Dr. Romantic. I've already seen it, and I know I love it. I don't know about this Ji Chung Wook show. It's getting really good reviews on Twitter, though, so we're just gonna go watch that now. Thank you. Yeah, so, uh... This is a Ju Chong Wook fan cast now, and we just watch Ju Chong Wook shows, and we let you know how they are, except that one that we don't watch, because there were a couple of parts of it that were too problematic, and we don't talk about it, except we do, like every time we talk about him. Sorry, Ju Chong Wook. Yeah, we're gonna bring it up. Is it Backstreet Rookie? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I was like, I don't even remember the name. Okay, Backstreet Rookie. We're not going to watch that one. We do have to eventually watch Melting Me Softly. It's got really mixed reviews, and I want to decide for myself. I watched the first two episodes and found them very jarring. But I think now that I know (laughs) what their style of comedy is and how weird they went, I'd be more comfortable trying to actually watch it. But... He's on a roll right now with new shows, so we'll just start with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's coming out with a lot. Um, should we do an intro really quick and then we can talk about Dr. Romantic? Because I feel like I'm getting really caught up in this and we're going to be like halfway through the actual episode <laughs> of the podcast and then I'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, it's me, Chigirl Raquel. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I... If we didn't, I would just keep talking about Ji Chong Wook the whole time, and he's not even yeah. in the show. That's not what people are paying for. Okay. And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it three episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes seven through nine. Is that correct? I think so. Hospital playlist one. You nailed it. Every week, your perfection. I'm so glad people know which season we're watching, just in case. Yeah, just in case. Maybe we do the second season, and they click on the wrong episode, and they they think they're listening to Hospital Playlist 2. Sorry. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Is this not Hospital Playlist, the prequel? Uh, it's the it's the prequel to Hospital Playlist before the one doctor in Hospital Playlist became a remotely good doctor, let alone the fucking flawless doctor he becomes in Hospital Playlist. <laughs> it's him in the early years, and he is a he's absolute garbage at oh, being no. a doctor. Is his <laughs> origin story? He is a little bit subhuman. He we love him. We love to look at him, but man, does he struggle. The fact that it's the third podcast episode in a row, the third week in a row, that we are nine episodes in, and and Master Kim is still explaining to this guy that he has to care about his patients more than his status as a doctor <laughs> in order to be a likable human being and a good professional is buck wild. <laughs> it is absolutely out of control that we have made it this far and we're still having the conversation about how to be an empathetic person who cares about the lives of their patients. <laughs> okay, but what context what context are you talking about? Well, I'm still at the spot where he to be fair, I think it was not in episode 9, but it was kind of earlier on when I think it was in episode 8 when Dr. Kong said, why don't you like me? And Dr. Romantic had to say, it is not that I don't like you. It is that I don't like that you care about your status and being first way more than you care about your patients. That is a terrible quality for a human being to have. And I was like, holla, 
That is a terrible quality for a human being to have. <laughs> I like that you referred to him as Dr. Romantic instead of Dr. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> we know who he is. <laughs> fair. That's fair. We're still bringing that up. We're, what? Yeah, episode eight is about a little more than a third of the way through the series. So it's pretty far in. But it seems like Dr. Kong is changing in some ways. I, a, li- a little tiny bit, maybe. <laughs> I thought you were referring to the scene that defined these three episodes, the hostage situation, where Dr. Kim was like, all I could think to do was save the patient. That's all I know how to do as a doctor. Anything else comes second. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like everyone has a valid argument in that situation. Dr. Kong seemed valid by saying, I don't give a what about that patient. There's a human woman in front of me being held hostage. And if we can just walk away and she'll be fine, I say we walk. I say we go. Like, yeah, I thought that was valid, but maybe not making the situation better. To be ready to fight every doctor in the in in the OR uh, in order to save the one that he is attracted to that he he just keeps making the worst most awkward moves on every time <laughs> it will never fail to disappoint me it will never be a, the romantic moment that he seems to think it is <laughs> fair. This show is maybe not as romantic as I remember it to be. It's in 2022. It's very much more just this dude persisting until he gets his way, which is not romance. It was probably very romantic when the show came out and probably very romantic to me when I watched it. But nowadays it's like, oh, don't do that. Don't just keep asking her. Yeah, it feels like the romance that we were kind of taught to believe was romantic or lovely or good or whatever when we were younger. And it is definitely the scheme that is followed for slightly older to quite a bit older drama. Like, there was a good long period of time. I feel like K-dramas said romance is when a man comes in and takes charge and he grabs her wrist And he pulls her around, and he makes the first move, and he kisses her, and she's not sure she wants it, but actually, now that she thinks about it, she didn't say no, so maybe she wanted it. And it's awful. It's (laughs) nauseating once you reach adulthood, and and you see shows that, I don't know, there's consent, and people move heaven and earth to be together and sometimes that isn't romance either like sometimes that becomes kind of problematic but i don't know where there's just once you see some of the newer shows that they've come out with where the chemistry is undeniable and the writing is outstanding and there's a lot more consensual moments of romance then uh then all of these look very problematic on, on a look back i see that where we don't need a show where the man is making the first move and the second move and also the third move and the fourth move. You're like, um, Yun So Jung actually has a lot going on and I understand why she might not be ready for a relationship right now. So even if she is interested in you, maybe you could leave her alone for a hot minute and give her time to think about her life where she's struggling to maintain her medical license and fight her PTSD that might be returning. And just, you know, let the romance take a back seat for a hot second. But this show's like, no, no, no. I think I think what she needs is romance. I think what she needs to fix her brain is the love of a good man. The like, love of a good man. <laughs> hold her hand and give her a kiss on the face. <laughs> but is he a good man? Because oh. he has, actually, if we take all of the, his moments, I think he has more moments proving he is a 
troubled man at best and probably not a great man probably kind of a kind of a subpar man he's just an okay man he's fine we love him but his face is really carrying a lot of this character his beautiful beautiful face is doing some legwork for his personality And that's where her conflict comes in, where she's like, did I want it? He's got a really beautiful face. I don't think I did, but people keep telling me that this is romance, so... So I'm not... I'm not gonna run away from this. I don't know. I thought the scene in front of the other hospital when he came to pick her up was a good pace for me, where it was just a little handhold... And more importantly, this moment of I came very far and tried to do everything in my power to help you in making the decision that I think you wanted to make, where you did something pretty irrational that I don't think is something that you want to stick with. So I will come try and help you undo that decision. And I thought that was really nice. And it was just a little handhold. It wasn't like, let's make out in the snow. Like, don't, don't do that. But they have a lot of moments at the hospital where it's a little more aggressive. Yeah. I also think that it would be easier to digest that as a romantic moment if it wasn't for all of those other moments. Plus the very first scene. If, if there was ever a moment of her I I don't know, I guess I just wish she would have been the one who got to initiate that to make it actual romance, right? Where she kind of says something along the lines of, she doesn't have to say it even, but you know, kind of a moment along the lines of, wow, he really uh, did something there coming to, coming to find me and take me back home. And that's really nice. And I just got great news and I'm standing in the snow and I could I could use a good handhold. That would be kind of lovely, but I think it's him chasing her around like a little puppy dog constantly and then grabbing for her hand Fair. and yeah. putting it in his pocket and her kind of looking at him like, uh, and him saying, I'll just go ahead and keep this warm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold on to this for a minute. My guy, <laughs> are you allowed? Did you ask permission? Fair. Fair. A lot of this in modern context where women have rights is troubling. More troubling. (laughs) Oh, ding. My heart still flutters when he asks her to be his girlfriend. I think it fluttered the first time when he was like, will you be my girlfriend? And I was like, cute. And then he was like, I'll just keep asking until you say yes. And I was like, not cute. Not how that works. (laughs) People are allowed to make decisions, and if they tell you no, that's valid. No means no. (laughs) Oh. Um, But besides the romance, we had a lot to deal with in these three episodes. Um, can we- okay, so we roasted the romance pretty hard. Can we bounce really quick to- let me look at her name. Wu Yonhua. Is that the woman who is from China? That is the woman who is from China. The homeless woman who now works at the hospital, who is finally making her appearance. I'm so excited for this. I'm obsessed with her. I'm intrigued. I want to know more. I am Nurse O sitting in the room with her saying, we aren't reprimanding you. We just need some answers about what is happening. I am 100% invested in her very specifically, the one person in the hospital who was willing to take the time to diagnose and treat a patient, even though she was literally just cleaning up her vomit as an orderly, essentially. Yeah, this, um, this woman is magical. And I love her. I'm so in support of her outgrowing the storyline where she just pines after Dr. Kong and Nurse Park pines after her. Give her some character development. We didn't know we needed it. And here it is. More than enough. I'm very excited. I don't love that it's coming at the worst possible moment when 
every single person in the world is like, we're having a crackdown on this hospital and its lack of rules where you're like, much long overdue. This hospital <laughs> has no rules. They need, they need this inspection. But also, Yonhua, now is maybe not the time to start giving medical treatments to people when you're not a doctor. Um, that's very illegal. And I, I think you're going to get the hospital closed down at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky too. I, cause part of me wants to say, isn't that a, like a tick in the box for a team doctor romantic team master Kim in the sense that she did that while the other guy was supposed to be in charge before master Kim was doing any medical treatment. And that guy just bounced and went ahead and left um, just the whole hospital to go ahead and ha- deuces patients. Bizarre. Absolutely yeah. bizarre behavior. So bizarre. I just don't understand if that man is actually a doctor, right? I know that they've told us he's a doctor. I know they've shown him treating some people. I guess where I'm at is that if you just decide to leave and let the hospital go up in flames, do you still have a job when you get back? Because it feels like nah. It feels but, like you really shouldn't. Yeah. You just left a lot of people to die, and I don't think that's okay. Yeah, because it wasn't, it wasn't even the same situation as when both doctors left previously where they didn't know the other person wasn't there right it was him saying i know i'm the only general surgeon here and i'm still gonna bow out thank you good night yeah like you're not allowed sir but also why are the inspectors still here why are they working night duty when literally every doctor in this hospital has bounced they're like we don't need doctors we need these two dudes we need inspectors, and they are, they're only inspecting, I mean, I know that this is a thing where they were hired by Director Doe, so obviously they're only inspecting for what they're, the problems they're looking for, but also seems like a good time, pretty much at any time, for someone to go get them and be like, hey, this place is going up in flames, so are you going to also inspect the other doctors currently at this hospital that aren't doing their jobs or just the ones that I I guess we kind of proved that the only inspector with any amount of integrity was the psychiatrist who diagnosed Dr. Yoon. I love that it was kind of vague. It was very much, I like that he had a line where he said, I almost gave up my integrity as a doctor because I think that shows that he did give an accurate report, but I I don't know how I feel about this whole you have to be on Dr. Kim or Director Doe's side. You have to choose a side. There is no neutral ground in any of these hospitals. You you have to be on someone's team. Like that's crazy to me. I kind of wish the psychiatrist had just been like, "I don't work for any of you guys. I am a doctor. I have my own oath that I follow. So I'm going to give this diagnosis as best I can. No matter who this Dr. Kim is, no matter how much power Director Doe has, I'm just a very upstanding guy and good at my job. But instead they're like, no, everybody has to take a side. You are on Dr. Kim's side. Boom. For the drama. For the drama. Like, yeah, I guess. It's cute, but also it makes me question everything. Yeah. I yeah, have no trust. And it's crazy how low this show has set the bar of expectation for just people behaving themselves at this point. Because <laughs> in my mind, after he he gave a good gave a good unbiased well, not even unbiased, but I I don't know, the correct diagnosis or something i guess that's so tricky anyway even though he did a good turn or whatever i still found myself i i genuinely found myself thinking maybe we've got a happy award winner right here and then i was like absolutely not that is he just met 
the very bare minimum of being a doctor by giving his actual medical diagnosis on her psychiatric state. It is not... This is not terms for a happy award. Are you kidding me? But that's how low they have come. They have just lowered my all of my estimation of every person in this entire show to the extent that someone doing their job, I'm out here commending them. <laughs> he can have a bus stop girl award at best, but even that, <laughs> yeah, feels like an an award for doing the bare minimum. Is that where we're at in this insane <laughs> hospital? I don't know. I don't understand. <gasps> um, did you want black coffee or abysmally dark coffee because i feel like the roast they gave us with the scene with the hostage it was too dark for me it was it was it was too dark it was so dark i just they they really pushed it into just i think that they said what would make they okay the writers sat down and they said what would make the audience Team scythe wielder, right? Yeah, they, and they said, did a good job. I was completely team scythe wielder at the end, sort of, right? Except the fact that I think that there's nothing they really could have said because I agree that the laws surrounding, at least in our country, the laws surrounding prosecution of rapists and and how we handle that is. I also think it's dog shit. I also think that they're doing a so bad job of just every step of the way with that. Uh, really constantly, pretty much. I very rarely hear a situation where I'm like, wow, that what the punishment fit the crime. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's not that I disagreed with him being furious or wanting that man dead, uh, because when everything else fails you, you push into, like, desperation mode. It's that I think that it is so problematic for everyone to be like, you know what? That dude wasn't such a bad dude. He was just a good dad. When he was holding a bunch of doctors hostage, including one he was holding a, a fucking scythe to her throat, while he was telling this really emotional, terrible story and then we're all supposed to be okay with it because she in the end was like yeah that dude's a good guy and a good dad and <laughs> i'm out here saying no i think that when you start being willing to murder random people or threaten the lives of random people to get to the end you're taking away others lives the way that your wife and child were attacked and and their lives and normalcy were taken away i just like that's so wild Fair. to me <laughs> that the writers got together and said how can we make them team this guy and i just still wasn't i was still like what you're doing is wild this is wild this is absolutely wild i can't watch this show like this is so that was one of my Moments where I thought I could probably vote no on this show if we weren't a third of the way into it at this point. Yeah, if we ever quit shows, I might be interested in quitting this one. Just, yeah, because it's so hyped up sometimes. I do think one of my favorite things about this show is that they are constantly posing these... Um, these questions of morality, and there's never a right answer. I don't think, even though I literally said two minutes ago, I, I think that guy's a good guy, but I don't think there's any intention to make Scythe Man a good guy. I don't think you're supposed to walk away being like, he really was just a good dad. <laughs> and, and similarly, I think they focused a lot more on the interaction between him and Dr. Kim and Dr. Kim saying, I'm going to keep doing the surgery. Does that make him a good doctor or a bad coworker? 
Like, there is there is no right or wrong answer to these questions. And I like that. I like that this show is like, we don't know. We're going to put you in the most insane situations. It's constantly, it's constantly the trolley dilemma. They're like, we are <laughs> actually putting people down on the tracks. And we're going to ask you, which one should we do? And Dr. Kim's going to make a choice, and you're going to have to say, I think that was the right choice, but I genuinely don't think there was a right thing to do in any situation. And I, I love that. Uh, does it make me a terrible person that I do think there was a right choice? Like, I didn't feel a trolley dilemma with this one. Like, I think that Dr. Kim made the right choice. Based on, okay, here it is. We're, we're going into, like, medical philosophy. <laughs> I think there they call it the, um, maybe it's called the same thing in, in the Western, in Western medicine also too as well. That it's not, it's all, anyway, I don't want to get into that. Uh, but we, we say do no harm, but I think Nurse O called it the Nightingale Oath, and those might be the exact same thing. But on the terms of do no harm, he didn't have any choice but to finish that surgery, right? Because he couldn't, he himself could not enact the harm, right? By like leaving this patient open and bleeding on the table to die or whatever. He had to continue with the surgery and give the treatment and not do harm. He couldn't control what... Uh, we can say that, like, yeah, if he just listened to the man holding the person, the completely unreasonable man who is outside of his mind at this point, uh, holding the woman hostage, it's like, you can say that it is his fault if he doesn't do what that man says, but it's not. It's not, it would not have been his fault, in my opinion, if that man had killed Dr. Yoon. It just would not have been, because he... He could not say one way or another what that man would do once they stopped the surgery or continued the surgery. The man could promise it was going to be one way, but he could have just as easily stopped the surgery and everyone in that room could have been killed because that man was losing his shit. And so the only thing he could control was that there was a patient he had been operating on and that needed to continue for the patient's life to be saved. I did not like, I'm getting way too into it. I just think that there like was an obviously right decision and it would not have been his fault or anyone's fault except the person who killed all of the people in there. It would have been his fault. If anything, if we're playing the like point fingers as far back as we can to like who caused the thing to happen, we could say it's the patient's fault who's on the table for like hurting that man's family. Or we could say it's the justice system for like failing to actually properly punish a crime. Like we could go so far back. And at the end of the day, it's like how in control of that all is this one doctor who's just trying to follow the oath of do no harm and and take care of the patients even if they're terrible people also he does not get to be judge jury and executioner right like he doesn't get to be the justice system here saying like i know this man is telling me the truth about this rapist right now i know he is because that's crazy too because remember the woman who almost killed the other guy that wasn't the person who hit her kid with a car because she was trying to play judge, jury, and executioner and walking through the hospital, like, doing whatever felt right at the time. It, that's the exact same thing, where it's like, you don't get to decide who's guilty and who's innocent. There's only one thing you can decide, and it's to save this patient. So I, like, I, I actually, as buck wild as that whole scene was, I am so glad that he just continued with the surgery and, like, did the thing. I think that's the thing, right, is I'm glad he did. I'm glad that he was able to think through all of those things as quickly as you just did. I never would have been able to. Even watching the scene back, I was like, just walk away. Just, like, this man wants one thing. And in this moment, he's saying, I either kill the person in front of me or I kill the person in front of you. 
And to me, as a selfish and very normal person who's like, well, I don't know this dude on the table, but I know that girl and I'm pretty fond of her. So I think, deuces to the guy on the table, let's all leave. That would be me in a second. I I don't know <laughs> if he's Scythe Man is going to go back on his word and kill everybody in the room. But if I have the option to be like, my homie's going to be set free if I just walk away. Cool. I'm walking away. Like, that's me <laughs> in a second. And I appreciate that this show's like, yeah, he could have done that. And it probably would have been fine. And probably all the doctors would have walked away unharmed. But the patient would have died. And this man would have gone to prison for the rest of his life for being a murderer. Um, and then Dr. Kim would have had to live with the fact that he maybe, quote-unquote, let that happen. He had a part to play in that, and he potentially could have stopped it if he'd just continued the surgery. But I, for one, never would have blamed him if he was like, no, nope, I'm walking away. This is insane. If you're telling me you're going to let us all go just so you can harm the patient in front of me, I... Sounds good to me. I'm going to let you harm the patient in front of me. I have no feelings for this man, but I have deep feelings for everybody else in this room. Let's roll out, team. <laughs> and I, I like that that's the dilemma, that, that you have no idea what's going to happen. I like it, but I also, it makes me so uncomfortable because it does set the show up to be like, Dr. Kim is a god, and he knows what everybody's going to do. He knows that saying... I'm going to keep doing this surgery to this unhinged man with a scythe. The unhinged man is not immediately just going to murder Yoon So-jung. Like, that was the risk that he was taking by saying, um, too bad. I'm going to keep doing the surgery. And that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous that they've just given Dr. Kim that kind of power over people. That he's like... I know how to read a dude, and he was never going to pull the trigger. So nobody worry about it. Just trust me. In every <laughs> conceivable situation, he knows exactly what everybody else is going to do and when they're going to do it, and it stresses me out. Yeah, it is. It's really frustrating. I wish that they had set up a more human dynamic for him where he wasn't always correct and has the upper hand right cuz it's not even that i it's not even that i agree with other people it's that they've made everyone else so awful and then he just is always right right so it's like you either get to Obviously, if you have God who's always right on one side <laughs> and a bunch of stupid-ass demons on the other, <laughs> you're going to probably pick God who's always right yeah, and who is always on the morally correct side and who is always... Like, there's so much that they just... They do... He has no fault. He never loses. Even when he loses, he isn't morally losing. He's... Uh, but... He's, like, never lost a patient in front of our eyes. I think he did. I think he lost one of the bicycle guys. Oh, yeah, he did. He wasn't able to save the bicycle guy. One of them. One of the, like, ten or Yeah, 15. we're never gonna circle back to that storyline, even though no. I would love to know more. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's just wild how he... Uh, he always has the upper hand. And it, it does get a little bit exhausting where I'm just like, can you make everyone just not terrible? <laughs> can, can, is it everyone's terrible except Dr. Romantic? Is that what this show is? Because even Dr. Kong trying his best is still falling pretty darn short. Like, he doesn't... You think he's done a game changer by bringing in Chairman Chin oh, or whatever. But you can and tell he just by his stupid smile that it's never gonna work. He's so proud of himself. And it, it would have been cool if they had had that moment where he got to be the savior, right? I actually wanted it to work so that he could be the one who said, "I, you do so much for this hospital... So I brought in the one thing that can save you here. And then it ends up that it's not just like he fully gets stomach punched and humiliated in front of everyone <laughs> for it. 
because it was the wrong call the whole time. But only, what do you know? Only Doc, Master Kim, Dr. Master Kim, Master Dr. Kim could have possibly foreseen that that was the wrong call of all of the people. Only he. Fair. Fair. Oh, yeah. I kind of like it. It's addicting in a way to just watch this god go through his domain with such power and try to be brought down, but never never quite be brought down, never fail. But it's also <laughs> deeply concerning. It's it's hard in a way, but I love it. I, I don't know, it's impossible not to be on Dr. Kim's team. I think I just end yeah. up being... It's by design. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's either you are Dr. Kim, you're one of the stupid demons that's running around, a.k.a. most of the other doctors, or you're a very neutral um, nurse Myung-shim. You are a very neutral anesthesiologist. I forgot his name with the big doe eyes that I just can't resist. The, you're a nurse park. You just have no character. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment, I will say, okay... We roasted the um all of the romance in this entire show. There was a part where Nurse Park, um, that's the male nurse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think they called him Untak, which is the same name as the female lead in Goblin. Whoa. Whoa. Um maybe I misread the subtitles though. Maybe that's not his name. But uh, he <laughs> said love that something backtrack. Yeah, immediate backtrack. I just maybe it's I am not so worried. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so worried about getting everyone's names wrong constantly. I pretty much do. I think some of it comes out in post because Emily takes care of me. I got you. I'll double check. <laughs> um, but he, uh, there was an interaction he had with Doctor Yoon that he, the way he said something and his little smile. I immediately swooned, and I love him so He is flawless, uh, also. He's the other god. He's the little mini demigod running around. <laughs> he, they were talking about uh, the new girl, who we already talked about as also very good. Yeah. And she, because uh, she just went and did something, and I think Dr. Yoon said, she's really clever or something. She's really yeah. quick or she's really clever. And uh, Nurse Park said, and she's got a great personality, too. And it was just, like, the way he said it, I was like, bro, bro. I am enchanted. <laughs> he's enchanted. Oh, my God. He's so cute when he's in love. Oh, I love him. I love him. He is perfection. Give him more. And don't make him punch the inspector. That's not the more we want. No. That's less of that. I actually am very concerned about that. Mm -hmm. I want him to be okay. No one come for him. He must be protected at all costs. I've had this man for nine episodes, and if anything happens to him, I will eliminate everyone in this show and then this podcast. <laughs> we have to stop the podcast. There's always one character in a show that makes <laughs> us stop the podcast if they if anything happens to them. And Nurse Park is it. If he goes, the show goes. We're off the air. <laughs> He's lovely, and it makes me nervous that he got the the cliffhanger. Mm. 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 Um, what do you think about Do Imbum? I like him. Nice. He's he's complicated. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So moving <laughs> on, what do you think about? <laughs> what do you think about the inspectors? Let's talk about them. Really dive deep. <laughs> uh, what do you think about him? I'm not because now I'm interested. What? Because I like him, but I'm interested. Do you like him? Do we not like him? So I don't think this is in any way a spoiler to say, but he is playing. A very similar t character to the person who was his, like, star-crossed quote-unquote brother in My Country, The New Age, which is mm. the show we just watched with this actor. And it's like a bromance of all bromances, but instead of playing the character that he played, a sweet little muffin, he's now playing <laughs> the 
privileged but emotionally abused young man trying to prove himself to his father, which is who his counterpart played. And so that has been distracting to me. I haven't been paying attention to anything besides yeah. that. It is that is interesting because he does fully play that role. I did get distracted by how different his voice sounds in this when he he does he puts on the affectation of privilege very noticeably different from the role he played where he did not have privilege, and I think that that's pretty cool that he has he's very transformative. I, I mean. They're actors. It's what they're paid to do. It's just that I feel like some people come in and maybe play a, a very similar role, and um, or or there's you know, God help them, the people who get typecast. Yeah, where they're just like the same cop in every K drama or whatever. Uh, but he he's flexing his his muscles and showing his actor muscles. And showing that he can can be the little Lord Fauntleroy of the show. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice his voice. I've been distracted by his eyebrow, his single eyebrow that's always raised, just looking do down that. at people. Oh, it's very good. It's, it's very good. good, and he's got a very handsome face, and so it's very fun to see his chiseled eyebrow just uh, pop up upward while he surveys his all of the peons all of the plebs <laughs> the peasantry is under evaluation today and you have not met expectations <laughs> goodbye oh this boy perfection perfection <laughs> oh but yeah i feel like out of everyone I guess we had the new girl, who we've gotten a lot of character development out of in a very short period of time. But similarly, he has had almost all of the character development that we saw in these three episodes. He was just like, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to be quiet, aloof, just watching things, but actually pretty warm to people. I'm actually gonna do Yoon So Jung a solid because I, maybe because I think she's my sister, but maybe because she's awesome. I love that he has given her a sounding board to be a really cool person again because I think she had a lot of that with Dr. Kong at first where she's just a really competent and confident Sunbae like this person, this senior doctor who's able to advise the younger doctors, both on doctory things, but more importantly, on life things. And she kind of lost that in their romance. And we haven't seen her engage with the other doctor that she used to be friends with, who also came down. They've gotten nothing so far. So I like that they've given her the opportunity to be the cool, fun, older sister doctor who's Serious at times and silly at times with Doe and Bum and his whole, like, you're my sister and I hate that. And she's like, yeah. we are not, my guy. Um, we, are, we are not what you think we are. Good day to you. <laughs> like, that's so precious to me on so many levels. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's it's fun to see her in that role, and she plays it so well, and like you said, she's just so competent, and it's great. And it's great that he's not hitting on her yeah. out here, because he thinks that she's his sister, and so it's just like, he's not even worried about it. He's just being like a cool little homie, and yeah. driving her around in his car. This episode of Play on K is brought to you by Papa John's, Go <laughs> taking her to Papa John's. <laughs> oh my god, I love Papa John's, but also we're too. not sponsored. I wish, man. No. Yeah, I guess we should say, like, for legal reasons, we have zero sponsors, and <laughs> Papa John's is... We do not speak on behalf of them. We do not speak on behalf of Papa John's, but if you would like us to, we will speak highly, because they're the only pizza that I truly enjoy. I freaking love Papa John's. I like them. Yeah, we just had them on Sunday night. We, we uh, had Papa John's. We did Papa John's and game night at our friend's house, and it was a good time. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I miss Papa John's. I need to move to Korea, where apparently 
The Papa John's are good. There's Papa John's <laughs> there. They're everywhere. And they bring to you K-dramas. Also, new Kias. Yeah. If you would also be interested in a car, are they Kias? I have no idea. I think it was. But now that I said it and committed to it, immediate backtrack. Just like all of the names that I say. It'll be Kia also. optimal if they are not Kias and we just go hard on Kias. <laughs> that is... Should we just commit and whether or not they're Kias, we'll just like... 100%. Go buy a Kia. Everybody, if you yeah. are a true fan of Play on K and or K-dramas in general, go buy a Kia. Do you want a Kia? Not, don't, don't go buy a Ikea. Go <laughs> buy a Kia. Not Nokia. That's a phone. <laughs> Get it together. A Kia. <laughs> go do it. If you're a true fan, go you will. It. Um, what? <laughs> Don bump, good boy. Yeah, I like him. Good boy, good chat. <laughs> I only have two more things to talk about. Okay, I have zero things, so let's talk about those two things and then keep some house. You know what romance I really like? I like the romance between Myung Shim and uh, General Manager Jong, where. They used to be married, and now they're divorced, and they just really care about each other, and that's precious to me. That is really nice. For a second, I thought I had misread that also, because it was just such a moment that uh -huh. I wasn't expecting that I I thought about it for a second, and I said, wait, were they, they were married? Did it, Is that what that just said? And then, yeah, they totally were, and then divorced. And we love a couple that even after they realize... Maybe they're not for each other, that they still want to, that they still care enough and are, are able to be around each other in a professional capacity and care about each other in a different kind of way. It's very cute. And yeah, kind of reminiscent of the Doen Bum Yun So Jung storyline, where it's like, they're just not ever going to be romantically involved, but they have a lot of chemistry enough that you're like, my heart wants it, but the screen has been like, no, there's no way that's happening, which is optimal. I love that. Don't, just give us chemistry. You don't need to give us romance. Just give us chemistry. I think that's what we see with the head nurse and the anesthesiologist as well, where there's so much chemistry between them, but I think they're just best friends. And I'm like, yes, the heart wants what the heart wants. Like, if we put them on a ship, it's good with me. Let's go. But if they're not, if they're not, then that's and that's fine. I like their and chemistry. Yeah, I I mean, it feels like she has chemistry with everyone now that we're talking about it. Because they're also kind of pushing a chemistry with Master Dr. Kim. Master Dr. Kim romantic. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the three of them are best friends, and that's their vibe, but you just, you want to ship her with both of them because there's such good chemistry. I don't know much about New Age relationships, but can the three of them all be together? Yeah, how's poly polyamory sound? How's that going for the modern couple? Is, are people yeah. happy with that? I feel like people seem to be happy with that. It's so funny. I could never, personally, I am not that person who could do the polyamory. For whatever reason, Instagram for a long time just thought that I was like, like, it was, I would be sliding through reels and I would get like a bunch of like, like people in polyamorous relationships, Whoa. like poly relationships like, influencers in those types of relationships, talking about, like, the benefits and stuff, and I was like, I could not. I think that it's really neat. I think that people who do it are living their truth. It is not my truth. It's just so funny to imagine Craig looking over your shoulder, watching Reels together, and being like, you get a lot of these. Is that <laughs> something that you, like, follow, or...? Is what is this? No, my guy. <laughs> I could not. It's not, I promise. I do that I'm with Jason's Instagram because he follows the hashtag tattoos and that's 
I would guess 50% tattoos and 50% women in lingerie. So every time he opens Instagram, if I'm watching, every other time I'm sure it's fine and his feed is normal, but if I'm <laughs> looking over his shoulder at his Instagram, it's just women in lingerie. And I'm like, Constantly. oh my god, my guy, what are we looking at? He's like, I know, I know what this looks like. I don't know why this hashtag is so messed up. I'm sure, I'm sure we don't know. Sure, it doesn't Jake. matter to me. I worked at a lingerie store. Yeah. But uh, I think it's funny. I think it's funny to think about how your algorithm just messes with you and tries to destroy your relationship in really (laughs) subtle ways. Just tiny little, like, this is on your For You page. Because it is for you. It's for (laughs) you. And maybe your partner would like to know. And you're like, no, I don't know (laughs) what this is about. It's not for me. How did you know that he's in the room? <laughs> um, okay. What was my last thing? Oh, my last thing was the cliffhanger with the zombie apocalypse level car crash where just six cars were in complete disarray. Why was one of them upside down? Riddle me that. <laughs> How did you get upside down, my guy? I see roads, you know, lead to... Topsy-turvy cars. They did a good job not just putting bodies everywhere. I think that was tactful. But also, what was that whole thing? What has this show become? Yeah, it's. it reminds me of the bike scene when they just yeah. panned out and it was just an apocalypse <laughs> bike scene. Um, it was the exact same, it's like the exact same camera swoop. They said, get our, get our swoop guy in here. (laughs) Swoop dog, get him in here. (laughs) We're doing a swoop shot. (laughs) And he did, he delivered. He delivered. And I don't know. So I do have a thought about that scene that I know I might be the problem here. You can tell me if I'm the problem. It's okay Okay. if I am. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, I got perhaps irrationally upset when Dr. Kong was getting out of the car and he told Dr. Yoon, stay here, I'll go check this out. Like, he was the only G-dang doctor in the (laughs) G-dang Kia. (laughs) I think yours is more valid than mine, which was... Twofold. One, not that he's just the only doctor, but I think it would be much safer for her to not be in the car. I think it would be safer to get to the other side of the truck, where if another car came speeding along, it would probably hit your car, and you guys would be protected if you were out of the car. I don't know much about car crash safety, so that one was iffy. My much crazier hang up with that scene was him saying are you okay and her saying yeah are you okay and him saying stay here I'll be right back (laughs) are we not responding to each other's questions now sir talk to her like a human she took time to answer your question could you go ahead and answer hers like that I guess that's my tiniest pet peeve but just being like say yes I'm okay thanks for asking (laughs) Let's get out of the car together and go check this out. Insanity to just be like, shut up, I'm leaving. Yeah, you stay here. Stay in the car, woman. It's unsafe out here for women. (laughs) You didn't even tell me if you were okay. You psychopath. (laughs) I'm staying in the car because I'm mad. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to take the car. I'm going to drive around this wreckage. I'm going to go get some real doctors who are better at doctor. Remember how you're second choice in everyone's books and hearts? Okay, I'll be right back. Goodbye. Your second choice to everyone except Doan Bum's dad, who's like, um, Kong Dongju is first choice in my heart, and you need to one-up him. <laughs> and Doan Bum's like, what? Everyone else hates him. Why Why can't I be your favorite? <laughs> what is happening? His dad's like, yeah, this is a real problem. Ew, emotional abuse. We hate it. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Answer a woman's questions and don't be mean to your son. That's the message that we're going to leave you with, dear listeners. <laughs> if you took something else away from these episodes that 
maybe makes a little more sense. Um, or maybe it doesn't, to be honest. I think we hit it right on the head. But let us know if we didn't at Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can let us know in the comments on this episode, which are available at playonk.com. That's also where you can sign up for our newsletter if you ever want to be informed when we start writing newsletters again. Or you can find our affiliates, Blueberry Podcasting, NordVPN, and Skillshare. And that's a great way to support the podcast and get a cool thing for yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... If you are interested in, we plugged it halfway through the episode, so let's plug it here again at the end. If you're interested in just uh, showing like a little tiny amount of monthly monetary support to help us keep the lights on here, uh, that is on patreon.com slash playonk. There's also a link on our website to that. Yeah, or if you want to support us for free, you have already done so by listening, especially listening to the end. Thank you so much. But if you want to go an extra step, you can leave a rating or a review wherever you listen, and that would just help us out a bunch. Yeah, I think that that is everything. Um, So with that, you can join us next week, hopefully, if we're still in it. As long as nothing happens to Nurse Park, then you can join us next week for the next three episodes of Dr. Romantic 1. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.